0: You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast.
1: Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. I got the Vegas Bad Boys here with me. And welcome to Three Count. So we got three good stories for you this uh, this show. And um, let us know what you think about it. Let's start off with the very first one. That's from BleacherReport.com. And it's titled, AEW would be elevated to a whole new level by signing CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. So let me read some of this article here. It talks about that All Elite Wrestling landed landing, both Daniel Bryan and CM Punk would be amongst the most unprecedented moves in pro wrestling history. The column could end right there, too. A promotion not named WWE giving wrestling fans more Daniel Bryan and the long-wished for Punk return in the same calendar year, if not a month, would be unparalleled in terms of scope given today's wrestling landscape. So with Brian apparently on the way to AEW, and that's according to Wrestling Observer Radio, in part because of his relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling and Punk and Talks, according to Fightful, uh, and that's um, yeah, according to Fightful, fans just entered a we're living history moment. And AEW bringing in Brian along is, wow, we're talking about one of the best performers in WWE history, one of the most superstars in generation, and it just goes on and on and on and on. It, it, It talks about them. Punk angle isn't hard to figure out either. He's been the fantasy booked into endless returns for close to a decade, where the fans is hoping for his entry in a Royal rumble to even working with AEW when the company was in its infancy. So, you know, it says that that's a short way of saying that he would bring a ton of new fans and remember. And then it talks about remembering the pipe bomb and how many laps fans he's brought back, and uh, and even how many uh, new fans does he pull into the business outright thanks to his forays into things like UFC, comics, and AEW. Now, just to finish up, it says it does help with AEW's already stacked roster-wise, and how many dream matches are we talking here? and it just goes through a few. Comparisons only make this greater point all more salient. WWE recently brought back Goldberg for another title match he hasn't earned. As fun as it may be, it's it's running John Cena and Roman Reigns again. It's cutting loose talents like Aleister Black and not making the most of guys like Keith Lee. And in the conclusion, in short, we go from wondering whether... Uh, AEW can sell out a mid-sized arena to one of those seats of 50,000 or more or spitballing whether Tony Khan's promotion could ever consistently beat Raw in rating metrics in matter of the win. Now, they do talk about the idea that they are at least 40 when it comes to, when it comes to their age and, and that Punk hasn't been in the ring for a while. But it also said that Brian is still one of the best wrestlers on the planet and that Punk was uh, criminally underrated for his in-ring work. And if nothing else, is probably still the best in the world when it comes to the mic. So adding Brian and punk, it says that that would be historic and could possibly swing the balance of power in the industry more than anything to date this century. So this has been, I guess, a rumor guys that's been um, that happened sometime this past week. It's better just to go on and start off with our good old AEW analyst himself, Sin City Steve. And you tell me, since you've heard all of this, these rumblings, how do you feel AEW will be elevated if it's true of the signing of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan coming over? Well,
2: I think it's it's obvious. Um and, you know, as you were kind of recapping that article mm-hmm. saying that AEW would be elevated to a whole new level by signing CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, I guess that I could just reply to that by saying, wow, so water is wet and fire is hot. Thank you. No <laughs> shit. they would be elevated to another level. I mean, it's it. It goes without saying. Um, realistically speaking. The overwhelming theme um, with AEW signing away certain particular talents and having them show up on their programming has always been, oh, well, you know, who who else are they going to sign away from WWE? And, you know, I, I, quite frankly, I've taken a lot of shit for it on mm-hmm. the show. And I, do, I out of any names that are out there, barring John Cena and Roman Reigns, no, no one else would make as much of a splash as Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan and CM Punk within the same two month period, get the fuck out of here. That, that would be monumental. Now, obviously, AEW is launching a new program. So they're going to be launching rampage. Um, that kicks off on August the 13th. Um, they are also moving dynamite to TBS. Now a common misconception that a lot of people have is that it's a down, like it's a downward tra- trajectory type move to move dynamite from TNT to TBS. Mm-hmm. When in all actuality, TBS is in more homes and more households than TNT is. Mm. So they have the potential of actually having more eyes on their TV product than ever before. Okay. Um, according to obviously take it with a grain of salt, but according to the wonderful and guy that never gets anything wrong, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Daniel Bryan is already signed. Yeah. So okay. that's, that's, that's done. Um, now, obviously as of this very moment, they haven't had any confirmation that punk is signed. Um, however, according to, you know, rumors and, innuendo and all that kind of shit on the internet um, the fact that they were able to sign Daniel Bryan um, is something that actually has kind of pushed Punk to even considering signing with with a pro wrestling company
3: Interesting.
2: Um, so it's 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 a huge get for them to get Daniel Bryan and it's going to be an even larger get for them to get CM Punk if that happens yeah now the we can sit here and postulate and fantasy book and think of how they're going to use these guys or you know when they're going to debut or any of that kind of stuff but realistically speaking once ride of the valkyries hits or once cult of personality hits then we'll know legitimately that they are with aew until that happens it's all just rumors it's all just bullshit it's all just speculation um so i i think that it's There's there are a lot of things that are pointing in the right direction for AEW. And as an AEW fan from day one, I I'm I'm here for it. I love it. I think that it's it's going to be awesome to watch unfold. Yeah. Um, But again, until it actually happens,
1: I won't believe it until I see it. Let me ask you, let me jump over to you, Matt Michaels, because um, sometimes we have uh, talks during the week. And when you heard about this. Um, you're 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 we're kind of sounding a little bit different from what Sin City Steve says. I mean, Steve says, you know, when it when they title it that AEW be elevated to a whole new level. He says, "Come on, that's like saying water's wet." That's just that's a giving. But I don't. I, after having a conversation with you, you didn't seem like it was just that simple or that easy. What's your take when you heard about all of this happening? Do you think this is going to elevate them if this is actually going to happen.
0: Um, So you're going to get eyes on the product quickly. Okay. But Daniel Bryan just turned 40 and Punk is turning 43 this year. In 1994, when Hogan signed with WCW, um, he was 41. 41. Mm. wcw was out of business seven years later Mm. so sign them put all the money you want into them but you know just know that the consequences in the end could be greater than the attention you get now because again if you look and and you're adding another programming hour fine um presumably um that's going to end up being for talent that needs, you know, more, more seasoning. But at some point that money's going to run out, man. And the, the problem is, is that look, your competition, if you want to call it competition, because that's what the fans like doing is calling it competition the true thing is is that people are starting to spot off well it's going to do better than raw and blah 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 that's great and guaranteed within the next seven years time that it would you know that it took from hogan signing to WCW's demise give it a seven-year window and most likely the wwe will totally have changed so, their evolution will come once again off of the uh a rival company taking the focus off of them for a while, mm-hmm. and you know, that's that's the whole thing. Um, listen, to be quite honest, I don't trust Tony Khan at all.
1: Mm.
0: I think that Tony Khan could burn down the house in fucking just a matter of minutes basically because you know this is a guy who i think that more than anything he wants to be liked and he wants to hang out with wrestlers and daddy didn't love him so (laughs) anything else harsh
2: um well one thing Mm -hmm. one thing that uh just from the chat um sean says wcw had a lot of things going against them rather than the talent the cons are worth billions. They have the time to be patient. And with that, I agree. This is this is not like the WCW situation. Because with WCW, you're working with Ted Turner. You were working with Time Warner. You were working with, you know, the the mega conglomerate companies. I guess people who didn't know um, nothing at- about
1: wrestling. Right.
2: They yeah yeah yeah, they didn't know they didn't know anything about wrestling, Um, (laughs) but 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 at the same
0: but at the same time Tony Khan doesn't, of course uh, he doesn't
2: Phil okay but if but But if I just give you but I'm sorry Steve I
0: just gave you seven years I gave you a seven year time you did. So that's the thing. The thing is, is that, yeah, WCW, of course, it had other things going against it. But I'll tell you right now, as soon as the NWO got popular, what happened? Eric Bischoff started going in front of the fucking camera. And when Eric Bischoff took his eyes off of what he was doing, the fucking ship sank. Tony Khan is in the same position. The motherfucker is going to start feeding his own ego. Oh, wait, he has already? Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Let me jump over to Simon Street. hmm it's gonna happen you've it's heard it happen man you've heard both uh angles of of sin city and matt michaels i'm curious where do you fall in this do you see this as being a, a, a good thing a successful thing for AEW, or you think this might as might not be as good as it sounds after listening to both gentlemen mm-hmm.
3: which make very valid points i'm only going to put it in my perspective on short term long term mm-hmm. short term great for aew obviously, all eyes. And I think about two specific groups. One group I belong into, someone who watched AEW avidly, who does not now, watches it sparingly. You say Daniel Bryan, you fucking say CM Punk, my ass gonna be freaking watching Dynamite and Rampage when that motherfucker come on, Okay? People who don't watch AEW at all, that other group, they will for sure. Mm, Daniel Bryan, yes, me. Okay? CM Punk, fuck yeah. They will watch it short-term, long-term, how are you utilizing them with what you're currently doing with your younger talent? That's going to be what's going to determine your long-term. If you are taking them, and I know Daniel Bryan is somebody that has been outspoken in his time at WWE, even back when he was in Ring of Honor, how he really believes in the evolution of giving back. He's always been outspoken with that. If they go with that, I think long-term could be beneficial to them.
0: You know, one of the things that One of the things that the article said is uh, the dream matchups, you know, just putting it in in terms. And one of the names that was mentioned was Sting and CM Punk. And I think that right there is (laughs) where the problem.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
3: But, But if I may say, the difference is between Sting and what he's doing and Daniel Bryan, To me, it's two different things. I could actually see it be a competitive match, or you could go a longer distance with Daniel Bryan at this point versus what Sting's doing. That's
0: not the the point. The point is, do you want to see Sting wrestle either of those guys, or would you rather see those guys wrestle young talent that they're developing?
3: I'd rather see those guys wrestle younger talent, 100%.
0: That's what I'm saying.
3: Honestly, I only want to see Sting come out – with the little snowflakes and shit, with a bat, look at somebody, point, and walk the fuck back out there. I don't want to see any matches of any sort. That's the, just
2: my opinion. The telling
0: truth was that, you know, the, the guy even said that, um, hey, uh, you could see uh, Jericho and Punk again, although Jericho is not the same performer he was then. Well, then why the fuck do I want to see it again? You know, that's, that's the thing. And what you're looking at is, and and Sean, you know, makes a good point. Yeah, they got lots of money. Well, at some point, they're not going to have money, especially for people like your own son, who you would like to see get signed by a company like that and get nurtured and put in a top position. So, hey, that's great if they can if they can take it on. But what I'm saying is, in the long term, like Simon was saying this is not this is not something that you continue to practice and if you continue to put money into the retreads that the WWE is not allowing to be on the roster anymore then you know or or don't want to sign back with them that's fine put the money out but you have to have a long-term plan and that's that's the thing that is questionable is what is their long-term plan i mean listen <laughs> You you got what? Are, what are the street or who or who is it? Private party. See, I can't even keep it in my fucking mind. <laughs> Private party. That was supposed to be your golden fucking tag team. What are they doing? They're fucking running in for Matt fucking Hardy right now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's it. I, I just don't see what the fuck is going to happen if more people keep coming over with bigger names. The same marks. Who are like, well, WWE are going to be going, well, this is fucking fabulous, even though it's just WWE. So,
3: well, if, if I may say something, the one thing I will say, the reason why I enjoy watching NXT at this point, and it's not that's going to take away from AEW what they're doing because I don't watch them much, so I don't have much of an opinion, is I like that I can see a direction, okay? I can see a direction of what they plan on doing with some of these newer talents, trying new different things, trying up different matchups. Now, again, limit, li, li, limitedly how I watch AEW, I don't see even from the time when I was watching them avidly to now, very sparingly, do I see that. I would like to, if I have a wish list, to actually see that. You bring in Daniel Bryan, I want to see him go up against Orange Cassidy. I want to see him go up with some of the newer talent as more of, like, not so much a proving stick, but seasoning them. But I also wonder, and this goes out to you, Steve, is you the analyst. If you look at all of these retreads, what's so hard with saying you only got five spots in AEW for retreads? When them five spots are taken up, the retread spots are gone. You can't come back in. Somebody got to go. So that way you have more time to, to get new talent. Because now, you said you're going to have Rampage, right? That's what, Fridays or something like that? Yeah, Friday. Okay. You're going to have Dynamite whenever that probably same slot on TBS. And same then you slot you on TBS. Okay, so you still got what? Uh, what what's their other show that they have? Uh, Dark
2: Dark Captain. and Dark Elevation.
3: And Dark Elevation. So my point is, at what point are you going to have spots rotating the younger talent to season them with, again, I'm only seeing five spots for retreads. Because I'm seeing way too many retreads, and that's more of the problem. Not the retreads themselves, but way too many. And if you're not utilizing them, you're fucking yourself real quick. And, I, hey, trust me, a lot of people fuck themselves over and over again because they got too much money to keep fucking themselves. Hopefully, Tony Khan's not going to keep fucking himself. All
1: right. Um, did you want to say anything to City on that, or are we going to – I can go to the next. No, I, I,
2: I, I completely agree, man. Okay. Um, I, I think that they're walking a fine line. Um, quite honestly, after – after punk and, and the Danielson acquisitions, I would be completely fine if they put up the wall and just say, All right, no more. Um, yeah, yeah. That needs to happen. At some point, that needs to happen. They they cannot continue to just, you know, pick up every single person that WWE cuts loose.
1: All right. They just can't. Our second count from Sports Illustrated. It's titled Paul Heyman's Talking Smack departure underscores WWE's creative issue. So let me read some of this article here so we can get an idea what we're talking about. It says, WWE shows, particularly Monday Night Raw, are built around generating an immediate reaction. The standard operating procedure is to highlight the current stars, or in case of John Cena and Bill Goldberg, legacy stars, instead of consistently making new ones. This approach was evident through the recent change of talking smack into a studio show, and taking Paul Heyman off the show is a blow for fans and the WWE talent. Now, Talking Smack added realism, authenticity to a very scripted WWE product, and Heyman brought more viral momentum to Talking Smack than any other WWE show currently airing. New stars are consistently being made, and Heyman was continually selling for the talent and always putting over Roman Reigns, which highlighted the weekly product. During this time on Talking Smack, Heyman both got talent over and helped teach them how to get over so they could present themselves as genuine stars. Those who watched every week, saw how he worked off script, but never off message. His interactions with Big E, Kevin Owens, Apollo Crews, and Sami Zayn were all examples of outstanding television. Pat McAfee briefly replaced Heyman, and he would have brought a unique quality to the show, but the company decided it wasn't feasible to film Talking Smack after SmackDown on Friday nights. Unlike the Thunderdome, there is now a breakdown each week following SmackDown that has left Talking Smack an entirely changed show. And this was a product that was better and different from anything produced by any other wrestling company. But without Heyman or the show's blend of new information and character development, WWE has lost a valuable piece of unique programming. And all this connected to the issue of the immediate reaction in lieu of building newer stars. It is hard to find multiple instances instances. Where long-term goals are visible, especially on Raw, too often, Raw is presented in a manner that leaves no cards on the tables for the show two weeks later. And it just talks about that this past week that Raw certainly didn't lack excitement, talking about Cena's return and Goldberg appeal for the first time since January. talks about uh, Nikki uh, uh, A.S.H. cashing in on her um, title. And then, you know, and now it talks about Let's look at it. Now, examine the long-term planning, like Kofi Kingston was demolished that money in the bank to build up Goldberg. Shouldn't that have been the other way around? Hmm. What about Karrion Cross, the undefeated NXT champion they beat it on Raw and lost to Jeff Hardy? His arrival should have been full of, pump aura mystery instead he loses a throwaway match to hardy that immediately devalued his standing and why bring keith lee back to raw and have him lose his first match lee should have won the first 25 matches back he's exactly the type of athletic charismatic performer wwe should be building around so to sum up it says that The intentions here are not to bash Vince McMahon, okay? McMahon and the company president and Khan have WWE in the position to make even more of a profit than it did last year. Think about that. (laughs) In a position to even make more of a profit than it did last year, which was a year that saw the company enjoy its greatest financial success. So McMahon's job ultimately is to raise the stock and to drive a profit for shareholders, and clearly he understands the distribution better than anyone. Yet criticism is still fair. And he's not accepted the cultural change and digestion of product and what it takes to get uh, someone over in 2021. Uh, will we ever see that vision come to life each week on television? It's an element vital to the future of WWE. He said a lot there. Um, let me go over to you this time, Simon Street. Um, uh, he talks about Paul Heyman, first off, that uh, this the idea of not having him on, that this is a blow for fans and the WWE talent. Would you agree with that statement he made?
3: Uh, yes and no. Yes, because it's a missed opportunity, not a blow. But then you got to ask yourself the question, if the only reason why that show was successful was because Heyman was basically carrying it on his back, what does that say to the other co-host for that, which was Caleb uh, Braxton? Obviously, if you take out Paul Heyman, how much sense does it make mm-hmm. to keep that show going if Paul Heyman ain't on
0: there? Hey, question for you, Simon. Just mm-hmm. out of curiosity, this is not like a, a play to rip you or anything. Um, do you watch Talking Smack at all?
3: Every once in a while. I only. Well, honestly, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch directly after so. Sometimes I'll watch it later, but that's only after the buzz that's received online, mm-hmm. after what was said normally by Paul Heyman. So I mean at the end of the day, think about it. Just just from what you just asked me. There's a lot of people that are probably the same way I am. Don't even watch it unless there's some buzz up or something that Paul and said. That show revolved around him. Why well, keep it back on him? I mean, it you know. It would have been nice if they had uh what's his name on there? Um I can't top of his damn name at all. Uh now it's on uh, Raw. Um, I'm not Corey wrong. Not no, no. Corey Graves, and you put him with uh, McAfee. Something like that possibly could have been good. I don't know. I mean, and that's even a small candle compared to what Heyman was able to do. He was pure genius. He can't replace him. So if he's not doing it, you need to shut down the show.
1: I'll ask you the same question, Sin City. Um, I, did you you happen to watch uh, Talking Smack? Honestly, hardly ever. Hardly ever. Okay. Hardly ever. Okay. Yeah. Not a problem. Well, I mean, listen. You know enough about Paul Heyman that most of the article was just saying how much he brings uh, to the uh, the show by putting over stars and everything, and 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 understanding that that was being what was handed having on the show. Do you think now not having an having him on is truly a, a blow for fans or and for a WWE talent?
2: No, and here's why. Talking okay. smack is not and has not ever been canon to WWE storylines.
1: Okay.
2: So, they they would, you know, they would be given set up lines and set up promos by, you know, from Heyman. And when given opportunity, a lot of these men and women killed it. They knocked it out of the park. Uh, why would why would WWE do that on a on a show and then turn right around and basically counter program themselves by portraying their characters in a different light entirely from what they were on Talking Smack or Raw Talk or any of those post shows that they did. Yeah. Um I, I could definitely see it if if they were going to find a way to, you know, bring that into canon and into the traditional WWE storyline. Um, but the fact is they didn't. They had several occasions. Um, the, the first thing that comes to mind immediately was the the Miz and Daniel Bryan when they had what a lot of people felt to be a very fiery segment. There, mm-hmm. okay, that's great. You can capitalize that. You can capitalize on that, and you can work that into storylines. Why they didn't do that more frequently, I have no idea. But literally, it feels like as if I'm watching a promo class from nxt that will never make a damn bit of difference with anybody and thus why should i get invested in those same characters okay. when i know that they're not going to get the same exact or the same opportunity or anything similar on the main programs
1: got you all right let me ask you this uh, matt michaels in part of the article it said that the wwe roster is overflowing with the collection of the most talented women and, and men in the industry Long-term creative needs to be the vocal point for WWE as it returns to live crowds with a vision for next week's Raw, next month's SmackDown, and next year's shows, too. Do you agree with what he's saying now, and do you feel that they are doing that or not doing that? Um, I think that, first of all, he uh,
0: covered his ass by burying vince mcmahon and then saying <laughs> not trying to bury vince mcmahon um number two and this is a very big point nowadays um for all these people who like to write gossip colony columns and dirt sheets and stuff i'll tell you one thing that sticks out to me right now no one knows what nikon is doing it's not it's not slipping through So that's something that's very important here because everyone is just blaming Vince, which is great. Keep blaming Vince because the product is being changed by these outside sources come in to run a business that eventually is not going to have Vince McMahon there. So they're setting up their profitability and they're setting up their, you know, accessibility. Um, I I think, Steve, you brought up um, uh, Daniel Bryan and, and Miz. What's funny is this article did not bring up that iteration of the show at all. And the reason that that one was getting, you know, a little buzz and stuff is because it was the first time that WWE was basically breaking kayfabe and shooting a little bit and letting them say because it wasn't being overseen. Mm -hmm. You know, they were just allowing it because it really didn't factor in. And I think that the, um, when it got, when they took that away and, um, you know, it was something that they still had interest in doing because when they get the Fox deal, they start backstage. Now backstage gets killed because of the fact that you got a pandemic going on and basically, you know, they just fucking stopped it before, you know, they put more money into it and stuff, but I think the Fox was very into that idea. Um, and again, one of the things they were able to do is have the talent come on. And then, yeah, do a little kayfabe, but pretty much do shoot. Um, so now you bring this back and you have this in a situation where, again, they're trying this. Honestly, none of us know what Paul Heyman's situation is. Um, look, Paul Heyman's not 33 years old anymore. He's also not in the most healthiest of shape. And if they're going out and they're going to be traveling on the road and stuff, honestly, Paul Heyman is probably one of the first people you want to say, okay, you you've been here all day and into the night and you were part of the main event because you're with Roman Reigns. Hey, would you like to go home now? And it's as simple as that. Um, So you you know you shoot you shoot it as a studio show and really it has no relevance. There were only times that it caught some fire where things were said, and that's that's fine and dandy. But in the long term, did it bring other viewers to the product? Long term, no. So you know this this article I think was more supposed specifically written so that. Once the person started writing it And saying, yeah, it's a bad idea to get rid of this Because Paul Heyman's so great um, 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 You know, and Cross lost on Raw That was dumb You know, <laughs> he just went into the whole other direction And it's just like, okay, alright Hey so, man, hey, this know. is
1: Sports Illustrated This is a reputable magazine company It's been around for years They have the top writers on their staff Okay What's a magazine?
3: <laughs> and, and you know what? People people still still only buy uh, you know, the swimsuit sports illustrated more than the actual sports illustrated okay, magazine. Okay. There you go. All Next right.
0: you're gonna tell me Playboy doesn't have any nude women
3: in it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. All right, let's go. We read it for the articles.
1: There you go. Hey, they have pretty really good topics in there. Uh, course, yeah. <laughs> the third count from WrestlingNews.co is titled "Kenny Omega Says He's Open to a WWE/AEW Working Relationship Once More Women Wrestling on AEW Rampage." So let's talk about it. Apparently, Kenny Omega he was interviewed on Wrestling Observer Radio, and this is kind of the things he talked about. Um, He said, "Omega said he stumbled on the whole quote." belt collector thing in quote on promos and he knew that the schedule would be um taxing emotionally and mentally but he wanted to show that he that he can happen when promotion what can happen um when promotions play nice with each other he said quote i really wanted to i really wanted to kind of want it to open the floodgates And show what it's like when people play nice with one another. I really think it's a situation where only fans win. And quote, quote, the the one huge crossover. Will you ever see WWE team up with anybody? Who knows? I feel as the world evolves and changes and time goes by, uh, people become more open minded to things. Whether it be wrestlers themselves, people in the office, the fans. I wouldn't hold my breath, but at the same time, I would never say it's impossible, end quote. Now, also Omega also talked about the AEW Rampage and the lack of women's wrestling on Dynamite. Quote, I feel like the content I think we're lacking in our women's division. I would love to see Rampage be home to more women wrestling, and I want people to see and appreciate and enjoy some of the talent we have to offer and i hope that we could get out of the get out and show some of these matches that are perhaps aren't seen by enough people we've got a lot of great talent on on dark and people maybe don't want to watch our youtube channel maybe they just want to watch dynamite and they want to see a television product and i get that i think the extra hour on rampage i feel that rather than just give them more chris jericho more kenny omega more mjf I'd rather give them all the extremely talented individuals that maybe you can't see that week. And especially for me, I feel that we got incredibly gifted female wrestlers and have been working really hard fighting for a spot. And maybe it's time for them to get some more. I think that I would count as a variation in my pocket, more women's wrestling. Um, and he, and he ended with saying, well, oh, and they said Omega said that AEW should be kept as a variety show where fans get a little bit more of everything. All right. So let me start over with you, uh, Matt Michaels. I'm only going to ask you in terms of his uh, quote towards WWE and AEW. Um, let me just throw it out there. Based on what you've seen um, with AEW and Impact Wrestling um, starting this whole collaboration. Would you even think that it would be a good idea for WWE to entertain the idea of doing something with AEW or or doing anything with anyone? I know it was rumored before that they were going to do something with MLW, and I don't know how true that's still going to happen. But what is your take based on, you know, what you've seen? since this has happened, this whole thing has happened, where WWE would fit in in collaborating with AEW or other promotions. Is he stuck? Oh, I think he's stuck. Oh yeah, is I think stuck? so. Yeah, <laughs> I Did thought he was. He? No, yeah. He his, might be asleep. His frame he is frozen. No, his frame is frozen. Okay. Let's jump over to you. I, I'll, I'll ask that question to you, Simon Street. We'll come back, okay? Yeah. Um. So yeah, what would be your 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 take on on that? Um. Yeah. He just completely disappeared. now. So, um, what would be your take? You've have you been watching? Let me ask you to make sure it's a fair question. Have you you've been watching a lot of the collaboration that's been happening between? You know what? Let me hold that off on you, okay? Because I want to we'll, ask you the women. <clears throat> let me ask you the women's title. When I mean, not the women's but the women question that they threw. Sin City, let me go to you on this one because you've been keeping up with the collaborative. Based on what you've seen from AEW and um, Impact Wrestling, where do you think WWE would fit in to this? Is this something you think they should do, not do? You know, if, now that they're watching, seeing what these other two are doing, they may be like, yeah, we'll just stay out of this. What's your take on it?
2: Yeah, I would, as a fan, I would love to see WWE interact with any other promotion, whether it's MLW. I know that they uh, they had talks uh, about New Japan. Um and even prior to that, they had talked about working, uh, having a working relationship with pro wrestling Noah in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, all those things fell through for one one reason or another. Um, obviously, I would love to see any of those things happen. Yeah, but I don't think that it'll happen. Um, it's it's just not in uh, not in the playbook of Vince McMahon to play well with others. Right. Um. He he seemingly can't play nice with any other promoters and that's not necessarily a dig on him um because he he is an alpha he is an alpha male <laughs> and yeah it's it's one of those things where you know unless unless his guys are going to beat your guys on every single match on every single show and take all your championships he probably doesn't even want to entertain that thought right and to be, to be real Knowing what WWE started from and where they started from, um, he can make that decision. They are a multi, multi-billion dollar company, yeah. so they can, they can definitely make that decision. They do not need to interact with any other promotions, and they're going to be fine. You were just talking about them possibly looking at turning over their greatest profits that they've ever had. Right. So I, I genuinely don't see it happening, brother. Sorry. Yeah.
1: yeah probably right on that let me ask you simon street he talks about that um he says i would love to see rampage to be home of more women wrestling and i want people to see and appreciate and enjoy some of the talent that we have to offer and i hope we can get out and show some of these matches that are that are perhaps aren't seen by enough people i guess my question would be to you is i guess rampage is looking to be you know he said hopefully that would be the home for that but Why can't Dynamite be the home for that? You know, why are we looking for, why do we have to look for, you know, Rampage to maybe be what showcase a lot of the women wrestling? Why do we, why can't we allow what we have now to be the showcase for them? Well, I
3: mean, the way I also look at that too, saying that, let's just say, that hasn't been confirmed first and foremost. That's just thought that he said. But let's just say if it was confirmed that Rampage, uh, do you know how many hours Rampage is going to be? Is it going to be just an hour or two hours? One. Okay, so one hour. Okay? So let's just say, in fairness, 30 minutes, half of the show, dedicated to the women's division of of AEW. Okay? That's roughly at best. Two, two matches. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. It might not be a bad thing if that time is utilized and is consistently dedicated to showing that would have been, I still think their crown show is going to be Dynamite, if I'm not mistaken. That's still going to be their flagship show. But having what we normally would see on Dark, and what's the other one since they see Dark uh, and... Dark, Dark?
2: Dark Elevation. Dark Elevation. I was going to
3: say Revolution. Dark Elevation. Normally, people wouldn't see on those shows, would see it on a rampage for the women's division. Because look, I'm going to be honest with you. They got 23 women in their women's division. of those ones, you probably see about 12, maybe. And I'm being nice you would be able to see some of those 23 guaranteed five who are ready to go you would see them every week on rampage right so that's giving them more time because 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 i think they got the right ingredients for good solid women's division but not enough time slots and obviously aew is working on trying to figure out time slots and retreads we talked about that so as far as their women's division it would be great if they if Kenny Omega from what he's seen in this article could at least dedicate half of the show just to their women's division, that would be great. Would they do it for the whole show? Shit, I'd be freaking happy, but I don't I doubt that would happen. But yes, to answer your question, yeah, I would be happy for it. I, I, I think that dynamite should be for women's title defenses, or if you have a really strong storyline for you know that involves women's division, have it be on dynamite that's your flagship show and then have rampage be the kind of testing ground, like the building block show to kind of, you know, test out the waters outside of dark.
1: Okay. All right, Matt Michaels, uh, welcome back. Um You can, uh, you can choose either one or both of these um, WWE Kenny Omega says he's open to a WWE AEW working relationship. So what's your, what would be your thoughts on that? And uh, maybe what would be your thoughts also on the idea of him saying that, you know, maybe a Rampage could be more focused on women wrestling. I question Simon Street and says, well, why not, you know, Dynamite be the show that can showcase more. But if Rampage is where he's thinking, then I guess so. What would be your take on these, um, on each, these uh, two comments he made?
0: Oh, you start with that one uh, pretty easily and go, who books the women?
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: Kenny Omega. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I you know what? Get him out of there in terms of that end of it and have have someone who knows what they're doing. Um of course, he would be open to working with WWE because they'd get a huge ratings boost. They get new eyes on the product. They would, you know, it's the WWE doesn't work with companies to um, you know, because of the fact that they're the, the standard bearer. They have the reputation and the, the synonymous uh, name with wrestling. What's very interesting about this is that everyone is talking as if, well, the WWE will never work with companies. But if you look, ECW, work with WWE. Evolve, working with WWE. There are, there are instances that show that WWE will work with things, but they're not going to work on something that is going to be a direct competition with them. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Um, which is how it should be. Why would you want to you know use... And, and this goes across all forms of entertainment. If you are building your product and you have something that, uh, that is bigger than you... And you would like to work with them, but they don't want to work with you. Well, it's because they don't want you getting their rub. <laughs> it's right. pretty simple.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, and, and I think that, um, you know, what's what's the most interesting thing about this is how Kenny said the um, the cleaner thing came to him, um, you know, by doing this and that. Right. The one thing that I find hysterical about this is well yeah of course Kenny would like to work with WWE why because he's the cleaner and then he could have the WWE belt there is not one person in wrestling right now who I think is more self-centered than him (laughs) because you notice he came up with the cleaner idea it came to him but he didn't have to take it himself he could have given it to someone else in the company why aren't you putting the Titles on, you know, someone like uh, an MJF or a Darby Allen or an Orange Cassie or, you know, any of those young, they could have been a cleaner. Mm-hmm. But no, 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 no. Because, you know, Kenny's Kenny came up with the idea. So now I got to take I got to take the demand and responsibility of having all these belts. Oh, woe is me. Um, as you like to say, DJ, he doesn't even show up with the uh, TNA belt uh, <laughs> nor the Impact belt. Right, so yeah. you know, I, I listen. The sooner Kenny Omega decides to just like go to the background of things, I think that's your key to to impact really starting to, or not impact, well, impact getting a show back. Um, but but to AEW, I think that if you're looking at bringing in guys like Punk and Daniel, um, bring them in, but have guys like Kenny Omega and the Bucks. Go away for a while. Get them out of there. That's how you balance this out. Yeah. But I guarantee you, the one thing that no one talks about is this. You bring in all these egos, and that is where everything is going to end up exploding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, and before we end it, just to go on that, you know, so I watched this um, this week's AEW, and one thing I noticed is when uh, Omega comes out, there really isn't, like, any reaction. I mean, you hear a little bit. I mean, when you compare it to a Moxley or a Darby, or it's just huge. It's just, And listen, even if you're the bad guy, you want to get the booze. When Roman comes out, you hear everybody. Boy, you don't hear anything when... <laughs> When Omega, I mean, Cincinnati, am I wrong on that? I'm kind of confused as, you know, he's supposed to create this whole thing being the belt collector and being AEW champ, but it seemed like the fans in many ways don't seem to care. Am I wrong on that? Or. I mean, I, I,
2: I can see where, where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Uh Keep in mind though. Okay. Um, you, you, you did throughout the Roman reigns example. Um And I, I agree largely with that, but. Anymore, I've I've taken WWE's um, crowd reactions with a grain of salt because they've sweetened crowd reactions for years. Yeah,
0: but but so. Steve, but Steve, along that example though, um, and I don't know if you ever noticed it at a WWE show because uh, I don't know how many you've attended. I mean, you've, you've quite
2: a few. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah. one of the things that I I think that we can all substantially say is that. Roman Reigns, John Cena, when they would come out, that wasn't being sweet. Those were like, I fucking hate these guys' boots. <laughs> right. It wasn't necessarily because of their characters, but they were getting heat just for being who they are.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The
0: problem with Kenny it's... is he doesn't get he doesn't get the the heat that he should be getting, right. nor does he get the, the elevation of a baby face. Right. Either.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm. That's my
2: so. Ultimately, yeah. ultimately, the, it, it's time to take the championship off of him. And I've said that for mm-hmm. yeah. weeks. Yeah. It's, it, it's time. It's time. Yeah.
3: He's I mean, stale. He's
0: stale. Well, it, it's, it's not only that. I honestly, I would go as far as to say that he never was anything. Like he can't be stale because he wasn't anything. If mm-hmm. you looked at pre-pandemic, he wasn't in the top picture. Then they give him the belt during the pandemic and, you know, there, there was no... Um, I, I don't think there's an emotional attachment to him in general. The same thing, unfortunately, can be said with Hangman. You, you know, it's, it's taking them so long to figure out how the hell do we get this guy over?
2: I, I, don't, I don't know if you've watched AEW since they've come back, Michaels, but Hangman has been getting one hell of an ovation... Since they've been back and actually had crowds other than Daly's place.
1: He's got that's he's gotten he's gotten extremely he has, large pops. He's, he's gotten some pops. i give him but, that. Not but, Omega, but, but, but yeah, Hangman has.
0: But Steve, you, you you missed what I said on that last part. And that was it's taken them forever to get him the reactions. And I think that that's the problem. If you look at Omega, they're not listening to it. Why? Well, because one of the things is the guy's a fucking EP in the company. What does he do? Not only puts a belt on himself, but puts belts from other companies on it. And it's like, come on, man. Moxley was so fucking over. And you just kind of go, okay, we're, we're going to just we're put it on Kenny. Put it on Kenny. Because yeah. he's, he's the best in the world. <laughs>
1: All right, guys, thank you for the uh, conversation there. Um, we're going to give our final thoughts, and um, we normally kick that off with Simon Street, so we'll continue with that. What you want the good people to know, man?
3: Well, for all you good people out there, thank you so much for continuing to support our show. Uh, we do, really do appreciate it, and um, you know, we can't do this without you. And please, if you um, feel the need or the itch to uh, uh, sponsor us, and continue to do the show. Um, when it's Impact's turn, he'll go ahead and give you the proper way to go ahead and do that. We appreciate every little bit from $0.50 cents to $400 or more. We appreciate and we'll accept anything and the money goes toward the show. Producing more content, making sure that everything is tip-top shape so that we can give you the best product possible. So thank you.
1: No doubt. And uh, what he's talking about is the Cash App. If you have the Cash App, all you do is... Uh... Go in there and put the money sign Vegas, and then the word bad boys with the Z, and feel free to add any amount. All that, like he says, does go to help promote us out there in our social media so other people can find us and enjoy the show like you do. All right? Uh, Sin City Steve, what you want the good people to know?
2: Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight in the chat. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, all the great shit that you guys do on a regular basis. We do this show for you, as we just mentioned. Um, Extremely special shout out to those brave men and women serving this country on lands both foreign and domestic. Thank you for what you do. You enable us to be able to do this show and to have the freedom to do this show. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-A-P-P-sports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs, repsports.com use promo code vegas at checkout and save yourself 15
1: percent. awesome all right and matt michaels what do you want to tell the people
0: yeah um this uh this past weekend uh apparently um at uh, there was a, a wrestlecon uh going on in uh south carolina and uh steve kern was there and he made an announcement uh, i think on friday night um that um b brian blair's oldest son had uh passed away and uh, he was not that old um uh, the details are sketchy but um uh we just uh send out our uh our thoughts to him and the family at this time and uh dj um you know the the next uh, two sundays on the first and the eighth we're going to be recording our wrestling talk in three count mm-hmm. and um Those episodes will come out then on on Monday and Tuesday of those weeks. And um, I think, uh, is there uh, something we can uh, share with the audience uh, to know uh, what's going on for uh, a little special uh, thing that's going on for uh, SummerSlam?
1: Absolutely. So SummerSlam, of course, is going to be in Las Vegas, that is that date is the is it the fourteenth or the twenty first? Twenty first. Twenty first, yes. Twenty first, that's a Saturday. Um, it's going to be lots of people here, and we want to make sure that you can also be there as well. Especially if you have not got your tickets, we are going to start a competition where you can get a couple of passes to actually attend SummerSlam. All you would need to do is to listen to Wrestling Talk and Three Count uh, starting uh, next week. And after you listen to that week's show, you'll have the following week. So you're going to have two weeks. You're going to have to listen. And we will give you all the information as to what you need to do. You'll be going over to our website and putting in some information. But at the very end, there will be um, pretty much a – What do they call that? A raffle or um, uh, giveaway? Giveaway, yes. Um, As we choose who will be the winner of those pairs of tickets. And um, we're very excited uh, to be able to put this promotion together. Uh, Tell other people about it, especially if you already have your tickets and maybe you know someone who do not have tickets, maybe they can't afford the tickets. Tell them, and you know they enjoy wrestling. Tell them to just listen to our show. And um, and they will have a chance to win it. And it'll be just as easy as just listening. We'll end up giving you a word, a code word. And um, all you would do is make sure you have that word and input that information. And uh, you'll be included. All right. It's exciting times. Um, to keep listening. And most importantly, lock onto our social media. All right. If you listen to our podcast, but you don't have us locked into your IG or um, or Facebook or Twitter, uh, then you're missing out on on keeping up with everything that we do. So same things in the search Vegas bad boys with the Z. Make sure to just follow us. And uh, with that, you also will, um, you know, you know what's going on. So with that thank you for listening and we will uh we'll see you next week you want to be on next week because that's when everything starts all right until then peace the think bad boys of podcasting